0: Let's begin today's discussion.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Matt Johnson, who is joining us to discuss his extensive experience working in podcasting. Matt is a marketer, entrepreneur, podcast expert, and musician. As founder of Pursuing Results, the podcast PR and production agency based in San Diego, Matt runs a worldwide virtual team helping business coaches and agencies break in and dominate their niche through podcasting. Matt currently hosts niche business podcasts such as UX and Real Estate Uncensored and recently launched the podcast Pitch Assistant, training to help experts get pitched to podcasts consistently by their internal staff. Matt currently hosts niche business podcasts such as UX and Real Estate Uncensored and recently launched the podcast Pitch Assistant training to help experts get pitched to podcasts consistently by their internal staff. He is a frequent podcast guest and event speaker to audiences around the US, Canada, and Australia. Today, we're going to talk about how scalable marketing systems work 24-7 to build authority, visibility, and relationships, how to turn your expertise into a business machine built for exponential freedom and impact, and three keys to transform. Power into focused action for exponential results. We'll learn what has worked from Matt's experience, what maybe could be avoided if you're doing this yourself and not working with someone else to help you, and where other brands are missing the mark. Matt, welcome.
1: Stacy, I'm really pumped to be here. We're gonna have a really fun conversation. So just just from the uh, just from the little bit that we were chatting before we kind of hit the record button, I can tell it's gonna be a really fun conversation. So I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, super happy to have you here. And we are going to be talking about a topic that I love. I am so engrossed in it. I have a passion for it. All of our listeners today, you are benefiting from this passion because you're listening. Because if I didn't have the passion, you would not have a podcast to listen to. So there you cool. go. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt is the one, he's a guru at helping all of you all actually create your own podcasts and we're going to get some great insight, I think. And Matt, can you give us some background on you and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So the short story is I was working for an agency uh, and had a great relationship there uh, with the CEO and moved into business development. We started doing webinars with some of the influencers in our space. And uh, one of those influencers came to me and said like, hey, look, we have really great chemistry. We're doing like live webinars and things like that. We're having a blast. Let's turn this into a podcast. And we didn't have much more of a plan than that. Uh, we were thinking we were going to get into business coaching and things like that as a team. And so that was basically the the vague idea was let's start a show because it sounds like it'd be something fun to do so we did that ended up being one of the top five podcasts in our space uh, still is I still run that and uh, had a great time what ended up happening though was like we we're doing a lot of content right so I was doing like we were ramped up to where we we're doing three episodes a week and then I was by that time was doing like some consulting and had launched a couple of other podcasts and was co-hosting those as well so I was on live podcasts like I don't know five to six hours a week so people started asking me, like, how in the world? Like, what, what's going on? What What is what is happening here? Like, how are you doing this? Uh, this is way too much content. How are you doing this? So I told them about, like, the team that I built behind the scenes that did all the production work so that I didn't have to, right? I taught myself how to do every stage. But then, like, one by one, I got things off of my plate and trained somebody to replace me that was better than I am at each of those things. So I told them that and they said, well, that sounds awesome, but also sounds exhausting. So can we just like rent your team? And so at first we did that and that worked for a while. Uh, And then eventually we had to like actually get serious about it and turn it into a real agency. And we got focused and we tried a whole bunch of stuff to the point where we figured out, okay, this is what actually works. Uh, And we started producing weekly podcasts for business coaches, consultants, and the agencies who serve them. So we went from like essentially marketing, consulting, doing podcasty things for, for you know, a lot of different types of people in different situations, and really just kept relentlessly getting more and more laser focused to the point where we just sell one thing to pretty much one type of person.
0: That's great. You have figured out your niche very well. Yeah,
1: yeah. took a while, but yeah, we got there.
0: So, you know, it, it sounds to other people that it, life is so complicated if you're going to do a podcast right it, yeah. it's there's there's a lot of spinning wheels there and it depends obviously if you're doing something live or if you're doing something that's recorded and then you're going mm-hmm. to have an editing team go into that yeah but but beyond all that, I mean, there's booking guests, there's actually creating what the podcast structure is, there is figuring out how to market it, it's actually engaging with your guests and making sure that they have one of the most powerful tools they're sharing their podcast after you're on it. I mean, there's, there's dozens and dozens of things. Can you share kind of what that all looks like and what someone needs to know before they're even considering starting a podcast?
1: Yeah, I think the best advice I can give to somebody who's getting overwhelmed by it is to not think about the technical end so much and think about more of the audience and what they want and what's the quickest way to reach them. So I'll give an example. So I work with an agency owner who came to me and said, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm running this A live networking call, you know, each week on zoom, where I invite some influencer into my space. And then I invite a bunch of my friends and connections and LinkedIn people to it live. And so we interview the guy for, you know, 20 minutes, or and then everybody gets to have an open q&a session with him afterwards. I'm like, this is phenomenal. Like, let's, you know, we don't need to change a thing. Let's just turn it into a podcast. And so that's one of the best advice I can give to anybody else is just start with what you can do and worry about the rest of it later. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, You can literally start doing a zoom call behind the scenes and invite people to attend live with you and just jump on the zoom session with you and invite somebody to have a conversation with them and open up for questions afterwards. I mean, that's super, super simple. Uh, That's how he started. He did that for a year. Before he came to me and said, okay, now I need help systematizing, you know, making it professional, getting stuff to the guests so that can share their episode, like all of that stuff. Uh, but in the time that he was doing it by himself, he tested the market. He tested the concept for the show. He tested the audience to make sure it was something that they wanted. And he got a feel for just himself, whether it was something he enjoyed doing. Because the worst thing you can do is like commit to a podcast weekly and then find out, oh crap, I don't enjoy this at all. I would rather just be interviewed. Can I just be interviewed more? Um, You know, (laughs) so, and and I I meet people occasionally that have that realization. They they commit to doing a podcast and then they get into it and they're like, honestly, I would really rather just show up and have somebody ask me questions. Can we just do that? So experiment with something really simple first because you can always, you can just step up the professionalism kind of incrementally along the way. It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate.
0: Okay. And I know I love podcasting because I really like talking to other people and learning. And yeah, so I, I feel like I have this super secret thing locked in where I get to talk to someone who is an expert in whatever they're doing that, you know, I've chosen to speak to them because I'm interested in it. And well, who,
1: who is that for you? Who's like the, because I, I know I can think of probably one person that sticks out for me that I got a chance to interview. Who's that person for you? They're like, Oh my God, I got them on my podcast
0: you know it's not even that honestly it's it's everyone honestly really? it's you it's 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 everyone that i speak with it's on topics and people who what i figured out is my biggest driver is as an entrepreneur I really like being around other entrepreneurs and other people who are super focused in getting their game just on and who have dialed in on finding whatever their cool thing is and they have a passion for it and they have a drive for it, and they have cool knowledge to share about it, and whatever they're doing, it's going to apply to something that would be helpful to myself or my clients. That's what I get my drive out of. It's not even, oh, I have this hero. I can't believe I got them on. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's it's the conversation. I actually get energy from talking to my guests, and I get recharged, and I remember what sometimes my own passion for having an agency is, because these are people I want to connect with and actually um get almost revitalized from from their own energy that and passions that they have.
1: Yeah, and, and I've noticed the same thing. Like I can I can wake up in the morning and go, oh man, I've got like, you know, back to 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 back. But then if there's a couple of podcast interviews in there, I know that it's going to give me that boost of energy just because the conversation being so enjoyable and, and, and fantastic uh, that it just, it makes a huge difference in my day to know that some of those things are on the calendar where I'm going to connect with somebody really awesome that can, you know, and a lot of things can come from it, but at the very least, I know the conversation is going to be energizing and fun. Yeah. So
0: that's, that's what I like about it. Uh, So we were talking a little bit about this before we jumped on about Establishing yourself as a micro influencer, and that's yes. the whole power of podcasting. Yeah, Could you share a little bit more about that topic and why that is so important.
1: Yeah, so when we're talking about like we're we're both kind of in 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 our own different ways, like really involved in influencer marketing. That's that's one of the things that I've learned about podcasting is uh, because I deal exclusively in like dialogue shows. Uh, I wouldn't call them interview shows because we don't do really any of, any of those, but there's essentially two people hopping on and having a genuine, authentic conversation mm-hmm. about a topic. And so what I found was happening, not only with my podcast first, but then with the ones that we produce for, for other people, was that it was introducing this kind of uh, relationship and networking aspect that I didn't really expect. So uh, in addition to all the other benefits of of a podcast, like building authority and visibility and having things go out consistently on social media and building a tribe of people who agree with you and all that stuff. And it's all awesome. Um, Even if all that stuff didn't happen, what I found is that podcasting was so incredibly valuable just from the, just from the building the relationships and being seen as an influencer in my own right by having these authentic conversations with other influential people where we were riffing on a topic together and they're going, oh man, that's really good. Well, what about this? And what about this? And the, the nature of the conversation was giving me credibility just by having them on my show and having those types of high level kind of conversations. Uh, and if you're in the business world and, and you're looking for kind of that next step, to me, that next step is <clears throat> you can be very good at what you do. And you can get behind the scenes referrals and word of mouth. And, and that's the foundation of everything, right? And we can't ever overlook that. We have to have that. But once we have that laid down, then what's that next level? And to me, that next level is to get micro famous in our space. And right now, the quickest, fastest, easiest way to do that is to just get interviewed on every podcast you can so that you're seen and known for that one thing and get micro famous for that one thing that you talk about all the time. Uh, I've seen it with my own clients because in, in addition to like running their show, we don't really offer this as a service but we started kind of booking them on other podcasts and figured out that system and so now i do it for myself and we do it for you know clients to an extent just as a value add and then i created a whole training around that to like systematize that process because i just saw it it just it was one of those things where i didn't i didn't think of anything about it. I didn't notice it at first, but once I noticed it, I'm like, okay, now I got to double down on this because this is clearly, I'm on, I stumbled onto something that I wasn't smart enough to recognize right out of the gate, but I'm not going to be dumb for much longer. I'm going to jump on this.
0: No, and I talked to a lot of agency owners and, you know, I had kind of preempted this and and jumped in right from the bat about it. It's daunting, the idea of starting a podcast and doing something on a regular basis and committing to something along Mm -hmm. those lines. Um, but the benefits of it obviously can be un- just crazy good because unbelievably fantastic yeah. across the board. Um, how do you suggest that someone gets started? So, you know, you mentioned the fact that you um, have a new system and you do it for yourself and you don't offer it to clients, but you do it for some clients uh, right now for booking them. But, you know, what does someone need to know um, between the difference of booking themselves on other people's podcasts versus really creating your like own the
1: podcast? Well, and that, and that's the thing I, that, and that's part of why I mentioned that is because that is where I recommend everyone start. If they're literally starting from scratch, don't start your own podcast first. I recommend being a guest and do, you know, do 20 or 30 podcasts as a guest first, get a sense of what it's like, um, get interviewed and get known for your topic. And then, then look at launching a podcast because being a guest is something you can scale up and down, mm-hmm. right? So as the business gets busier or your travel schedule picks up, you can scale back on how often you're interviewed and you're not locked into any sort of rhythm, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can see it with, you know, big influencers in, in my space, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world. Uh, they'll go on, on spurts where they're just on, they're everywhere. They're on every podcast they can get their hands on because they're selling a book. And then they'll go dark and they'll just do their own thing for a while. And then they'll go back and they'll be a guest again. And so you can do the same thing for yourself. But that's, that's why I recommend that that's the best place to start is, is just to reach out and start making connections with other podcast hosts and get familiar with it from that end of just being a guest where all the focus and on the, all the spotlight is on you. Uh, because it's a lot easier to be in that position than it is to be the interviewer right out of the gate. And I can tell you from experience, cause I was laughing about this with my mentor the other day, I was hanging out with him in his office, uh, in downtown San Diego. And, uh, he reminded me, he's like, you realize that right? Like, right over there i remember several years ago you were freaking out because you were hosting your first live webinar right because i didn't i didn't do that i didn't i wasn't a guest on anything else i started out by hosting the show and i don't remember that but and i can tell you that it that phase like passed pretty quickly it was only 2 or 3 months and i was comfortable and i think that's what happens to most people so i can tell you from experience it's it's the tougher way to go but even with that most hesitation that you feel right now will go away in two or three months of just doing it. So if you do end up starting a podcast, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Just understand that going in. It's just not going to feel comfortable right away. But I think that passes uh, pretty quickly.
0: Until technical difficulties interrupt and then you get reminded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I did spend, I was going to say, from working at that agency, I spent a year working with people to, uh, to record videos for their blogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've encountered every technical difficulty known to the human race, I think, in trying to do that. So I may have had an advantage there where I encountered some of that stuff before I ever got into podcasting. So I kind of knew like how to deal with some of that stuff and still make things smooth and make the guest feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the only, the only way to get through that stuff is just repetition. You just, it, it comes up and you deal with it. And as long as, uh, As long as you're professional about it, everybody has patience. You'd be surprised. Uh, People are very, very nice.
0: And a little bit of a sense of humor.
1: Yes, that helps.
0: (laughs) So you had created the Podcast Pitch Assistant Training, and that's to help people actually get pitched to podcasts by, and this is the key thing, their internal staff by someone else. Oh my God. They're not sitting there dialing for dollars and pitching themselves all over the place and feeling Mm -hmm. overwhelmed from that. Can we talk a little bit more about the magic (laughs) essence of that?
1: Yeah. So, and and it all came from me having the problem, right? The same, the same way my, my agency started, which is, I I determined like, Hey, I need to, I need to step out and become a micro influencer in my own right, especially outside of the original podcast that I built, which is like a really niche space. So I looked at the landscape and I said, well, clearly this is what I need to do. I need to be interviewed on more podcasts. And so I just set the goal. Okay, well, I'm going to reach out to, I'm going to research and find, identify one podcast a day and send off an email. Sounds relatively easy. I'm like estimated time, 20 minutes. I can do that. 20 minutes a day no big deal and of course you know i look up four weeks later and guess what nothing's been done right because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to run a business here so and i think that's where most of us are finding ourselves uh and i knew a lot of clients that were in the same position so i had clients reaching out to me and saying like hey i need to be on every podcast known to man in our space how, how do i do that and so i knew that other people were having the same issue i was which is the conventional answer is reach out yourself and just get booked it just was not working Fortunately, I have a staff and I know how to train and hire people just for my agency. So I said, okay, well, how do I build a system where I don't have to do any of the reach out, the research, the emails, or the scheduling, and I can just show up and be interviewed and have these amazing conversations. So I took a whole bunch of time, figured that out, built the system, trained my people on it. It worked. I started giving it to my clients. It worked, right? And just kind of that went through that progression uh, and then turned that into like one of my clients basically said, okay, this is, you need to like sell this. Like this is something like I, I have people in my group coaching program that I want them to get this and you, they can't buy it from you. So get your act together and go, go package this up and let's make this into something that people can buy because they, because they need it. So that was, it was, it all just came from like scratching my own itch. The the secret to all this stuff is that it has to be, it has to be a system that's relatively easy to follow. Some, but something that a 12 to $15 an hour person, Uh, in the States or overseas. It has to be uh, templated, right? So I had to build all the email templates and figure out, okay, what works and what doesn't, which we knew from experience, but it never really like put down into a template. So we had to figure all that stuff out. Then we had to lay out the whole scheduling process, right? How do you follow up? And then how do you teach someone who isn't a hard charging type A entrepreneur? How do you teach someone how to communicate with those people? So the stuff actually gets done. Right. Because you know how, how it is. Like you get a pitch email that's too long. You're like, I, I'll get to it later. And you never sure. get to it. Right. So we had to figure all that stuff out. So anyway, all that went into the training. It was a whole bunch of hours. It took a whole bunch of time, but we figured it out. It's working for me and it's working for other people. We're getting great results um, because it's not putting it on the influencer themselves to be the one reaching out. As long as you've got someone who's smart, can think on their feet and uh, has two to three hours a week to do it for you, you're, you're all good.
0: Okay, that's great. And this is something that you did finally get packaged.
1: Yeah. Put yeah. together.
0: And people can find it. They uh, can find it,
1: yes. <laughs> uh yeah. If they go to my website, pursuingresults.com, it's slash training. That's the okay. easiest way to get into that.
0: Perfect. You can plug that again a little bit later in. So cool. in case someone didn't have a pen to write yeah. that down right now. Yeah. Uh but that's great. I think that is a really cool, awesome. Option for people because it's hard trying to figure out who to reach out and it's not always easy to find the right people to talk to. It's not that there's this giant podcast directory. There's a few, but yeah, it's not really an. Organized, everybody has their
1: own niche, you know. So yeah. even if you find a directory, it's not like yeah, it's it. It takes some just human being sitting Correct. down with with a system and kind of working it out. I was talking to a client about this the other day. Uh, Cause he hired someone internally. They haven't been through my training yet. We're going to get that knocked out, but he was just having them kind of reach out and yeah, they're coming back and the assistant was telling him like, ah, yeah, there's just not that many podcasts. And I'm like, I'm in this space. Like I know there's at least 50. So we need to, Like we need to retrain your assistant. So you just have to recognize that if um, uh, there, there are plenty, like the the podcast market is exploding. I think at last count, um, I don't know if you've heard this stat, but it's something like there's 500,000 podcasts out there around half of them are less than six months old, which means they're not in the directories. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have to literally go out and, and kind of know where to comb the internet for them because right. there's all kinds of shows where you'd probably love to be interviewed and, and and the the host of that podcast is someone that you want to be in relationship with. Uh, and it's just, it's not, it's not easy. You may not just be aware of their show yet because it just launched in the last six months. So I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, and one of the things we figured out from running the 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 agency like where we produce people's podcasts is that one of the most valuable things we could do is connect them with other podcast hosts and get them connected on each other's shows and start building this kind of informal referral network where they all know each other and all the other and all the micro influencers and all the micro famous people in a space we want to get them to know each other. And we want to get them referring each other and having them all on each other's podcast. Because then that like a rising tide just lifts all boats, it ends up turning into business relationships, affiliate relationships, um, strategic referral relationships, whether they're formal or informal, uh, just like all kinds of good things came from just connecting influencers to each other. Um, And so yeah, that's kind of why we were talking about just like, how do you become an influencer? Because once you are, Even if you don't consider yourself like at the top of the heap, like once you're an influencer in your space, it's a lot easier to reach out and start building those relationships that'll lift you along with them.
0: Sure. And I mean, this is all about content and creating branded content about yourself. And so you know, a lot of people are surprised by how much our agency will take content that we have created, whether that's a blog or a podcast, and we'll repurpose that thing. We will repurpose and we will repurpose and we will have a sales call with a new client. It'll be on a topic that we spoke about on a podcast. Now, all of a sudden we have a direct voice and we can share a link. And say, you know, I went into more detail on mm-hmm. this. And so all you're doing is you're building your voice and your authority mm-hmm. levels to an exponential level hike that never was available before for business owners at all
1: no that's what's that's what's cool about it is this stuff just did not exist in fact i was just telling somebody the other day we were sitting out and um he asked me kind of what i did and um i I share with him a little bit about what i did and he's like how like how in the world did you get into that i'm like if you'd asked me 10 years told me 10 years ago what i was going to be doing i wouldn't even know how to get into it either all this stuff didn't exist 10 years ago uh which is pretty awesome um and, and yeah, these opportunities just were not there. I mean, if you weren't, if, unless you built a big Facebook following maybe, or you built a big YouTube channel, that was about all that you had open to you. Uh, podcasting didn't really exist. There wasn't really a network of other people uh, podcasting. Maybe there was one show in each space and nobody listened to it. So it's, uh, you know, it, a lot has changed just in the last four or five years that I've been kind of in this game. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it'll go but it's only going to go further down this okay. track. I mean, it's a, to me, I firmly believe, because I, I get this question a lot. Okay. Well, what happens if everybody has a podcast? My answer is good, right? It's like asking, well, what if everybody has a blog? Well, it's, it's getting to the point where that's now table stakes. So it's just the entrance point of the game. Like everybody's going to have a show mm-hmm. and it's going to be available on a bunch of different platforms. The question is just who's got the better show, so now it's a race. It's not necessarily a race to start your own podcast per se. It's just a race to have your own show. And and then you just want to make the best possible show that appeals to the people that you want to eventually do business with. If you do that, you've solved 90% of your problems. And then whether it explodes in growth from there, great. If it stays consistent, that's great too. I mean, you'd be surprised um, the number of podcasts that we produce that generate like multiple, like d- different six figure income streams for their hosts where they don't have huge downloads. Like right. they're not top 10 in any category. You would never like, if you're not in their niche, you don't know that those podcasts even exist. Right. And so if anybody's listening and they're like, well, you know, I'm going to start a podcast and we're going to hit the top 10. First of all, no, probably not. But the good news is you don't have to just, just get started. And if you choose your niche, right, uh, it'll solve all the, all those business problems without ever having to get really big or popular.
0: Right. And that's the whole thing. I mean, it doesn't really matter how many listeners you have. If you have the right on target listeners who are in, you know, potential purchasing mode from you. I mean, if you've gotten rid of all the crap that's basically out there, that's filling up the area that is completely, you know, muddying the waters, you're drilling down with the podcast to people who actually truly are interested and who are going to give you their minutes, their very precious minutes to listen.
1: Well, yeah, and I would imagine you guys probably deal with this in your agency. The biggest influencer that a brand might want to partner with is not always the best influencer. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that sometimes the small, and I'm not talking about all, you know, all the way down to being nobody, but sometimes that there's like a sweet spot there where the influencer yeah. is kind of in the middle, but their follower base is way more engaged because they're very focused about who they have following them. That's the ideal. Like if you, if you want to become an influencer or you want to connect with other influencers, you want to connect with the people where their followers take action when they when they recommend something or they or they use something like those people sit up and pay attention and go hey what's that what what are they what are they drinking what are they what's going on here what is that I want to know what that is um, sometimes those influencers are not the biggest ones they don't have the general audience they have more of like the niche yeah. audience because um, we've noticed that in the podcasting world too like that's part of who we go after when we want to hook people up with other podcast hosts on their on their show is we look for those like hey, who has a really Narrowly focused show that has a great engaged follower base, yeah. not just who's the biggest name we can go after in the space. because yeah. a lot of the, a lot of times those people show up and they've got so much else going on, you never get their full attention. And they don't show up fully present and they're not great guests, you know what I'm saying. So sometimes going after the biggest name is not actually the biggest the you know, like the best thing for you, so it's, it's the micro people.
0: Well, and that's the same thing with, as you said, with influencer marketing. That's why nano and micro influencers are the hot new conversation with everyone. Yeah. So... That's, i never had yeah, nano
1: sense. influencers. I like that. Yeah, that's that's, you have, you, that's yes. is that is that like a like a you fourteen do. microns across? What do you
0: <laughs> so basically micro before were anything up to ten thousand. Now they've kind of capped that at so a nano is going to be someone who is probably around two to five thousand.
1: Okay, followers. that makes so, sense. So, so yeah, so, so so it's like a micro, micro, like a step. A micro.
0: Yeah, everyone has to start somewhere, right? There's yep. like the everyday Jane, and then you can become a nano influencer. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I aspire, I aspire to go through the levels. That's hilarious. But yeah, and you do, you have to sort those people out. Um, and so yeah, what, what you do is really, really fascinating, because you do it in definitely a bigger space than, than I operate in. Because everything that I do, like working with coaches and consultants and stuff like that, it's super niche. And I love it. I, I love it. I love when like we talk about like marketing mistakes, right? Uh, the biggest mistake I ever made was just not being as focused as I needed to be like, cause it just, everything, everything flows from how focused you are, you know, and, and the less focused I was, the harder it was to market. Um, and I noticed it because it was hard. Like I started getting referrals that weren't a good fit. I'm like, that, that tells me something that tells me my, my positioning is not clear enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I get people that were on my podcast with me, and I mean like people that like get had hosted a, a podcast with me for a year, sending me people who weren't a good fit. I'm like, okay, I've, i like, I need to get, I need to get way more focused. Uh, and that's helped a lot. Uh, I've just, I mean, it just, you, know, you run an agency. I mean, you know, the, the battle and it, everybody goes through it, but it definitely agencies, I think probably struggle with it a lot because we're creative and we like the process of serving lots of different types of people, but holy cow, getting focused and really zeroing in on just serving one type of person is really hard. But the the clearer I've gotten on it, the better I feel.
0: Well, agency owners have one Achilles heel that I think is pretty common. Yeah. And it's that we're all very helpful. We want to help. People. Oh God.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's true.
0: So I've actually had to create systems in place. The reason why we have an online class teaching influencer marketing and product placement and celebrity endorsements mm-hmm. is I had to put a system in place to stop me from trying to help the people who couldn't afford <laughs> us yet. Right? Seriously. That's I built so it-
1: true and it's brilliant. Yes. I yeah, built you're an right.
0: entire program. For people who just weren't ready to have an agency like ours help them yet, but they were interested, and I could see that I could help them, and I could fix their problems, and I'm a problem fixer. I mean, that's what we are as agency owners. That's so funny. Right?
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, that's... uh... That's a very, very good strategy, like intentionally creating a course or some type of like passive program where you can send people through to say, hey, I can't, like, I can't serve you. You're not right and not a good fit for the agency, but I can, this is what I can do. So you can say yes and rather than saying no. That's a really good point.
0: Right. And I know that the material I put together is super valuable. It's great. It's what I practice. I preach. I train people on. And so if I can give that to someone and then not feel the burden of still trying to have to help them, I can spend the right amount of time with the right clients, actually, yep. that are the right ones to do.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that, that You're 100% right. I talked to a client about this because she coaches people that are very much like that. They have the helpful gene. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's very tough because it's, um, she calls it the, uh, the ideal client scale. And we spend a lot of our time helping the people that we think need us the most. And unfortunately, a lot of those people are just like, they're unclear about what they want to do. That's part of why they need, quote, need. That's mm-hmm. part of why they need someone so badly because they themselves are not clear enough to where they've overcome some of those hurdles. Mm-hmm. And once you start to realize that, that some of their own kind of, just lack of clarity and other types of self-sabotage, it it does set you free a little bit from feeling like you have to help everybody. But if you if you still feel that urge, yeah, go go and create a course and give them something and say, hey, I mean, even if it's free, I mean imagine if you had to give that sucker away, but it saved you from from yeah. investing time into people that'll never pay you. That think of how much money that would save.
0: Oh no, I do have an intro one that is free. Yes. Do you really? That's- yes. I really have a solution for anyone that I can help. <laughs> And it helps me, oh, man, but that's funny. it makes me not waste time with my team too. Yeah. And so I think that's what's so important. And then as a, as a entrepreneur, I think where you start seeing, it's totally sidebarred when you start seeing that you are taking on projects and conversations with people because you don't want to waste your team's time having them talk to them. Cause you know, it's so not on topic of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's a clear sign that you're going off track.
1: Yes. That is a good point. Uh-huh. I have to think about that. Okay,
0: uh-huh. don't do that one. No. <laughs> I've done that. Don't do that one either. Okay, So you've gotten your team on board. They are yeah. the perfect podcast pitch assistant. They are using okay. your course. It is rocking and rolling. They are booking you on to all sorts of different opportunities right now. Yeah. Okay. okay., that's great.
1: Yes. So and it goes back to the focus, like, like, what's the what's the next step, right? So you've got that machine in place, how, like, how is it actually generating authority and visibility and relationships and all that stuff. Uh, and to me, it, it goes back to focus. So if you've got somebody pitching you consistently and relentlessly week in and week out, the only way that that can not produce the results you want, is just if you're not focused in the content that you share when you show up. Mm-hmm. And so that that's again that's a that's a positioning decision that has to be made before you ever go out and and become a guest. Now you can work it out along the way. Don't don't let that stop you. But just know that the goal of getting interviewed is uh, to r- achieve the clarity in the doing, in the sense that hey, if you're not quite sure what your positioning is, if you're not quite sure kind of what your signature message is going to be, don't stop and try to figure it out in isolation. Just start getting on podcasts, but. But get on podcasts with the intention to watch very carefully what the people respond to. What do the podcast hosts, what, like, what phrases like, do they key in on and go, ooh, that's really good, let's dig deeper on that. Or what do people, when people listen and reach out after they've heard a podcast interview, what do they tell you they enjoyed? Right? Start like, start watching for those things and, uh, and you'll start to get like clearer and clearer on the things that resonate with people. And then you can make that decision and say, okay, I'm going to lean into this. And this is the one thing I need to be known for, right? In your case, if it's influencer marketing, then you'd want to be interviewed all over the place, but not just on anything. You don't want to talk about agency business models over here and then celebrities over here and then blogging and build, you know, you don't want to talk about seven different things. You just want to talk about influencer marketing because then you, that's, that's when you get that reputation of being recognized for that one thing. And that's, to me, that's that next level. That's that next step of actually becoming like micro-famous and becoming a micro-influencer, if that makes sense.
0: So when you do have a opportunity to be on someone's podcast, do you need to come to the table with what your pitch is? Like, do you need something? Do you need a product? Do you need a call to action? Do you need a driver? Or is it just a conversation?
1: Well, in some cases, you can just have a conversation. But if you really want to get booked systematically, you need a couple of things. You, do, you definitely need a story hook, right? Some, some, you know, a clear and compelling idea for what you want to talk about and share that makes sense and you feel like is going to resonate with that person's audience. So that could be your story. Uh, you know, um, one of my clients built, a, you know, nets a million dollars off of his real estate business and he works in it one day a week, right? So when we started first working together and pitching him to podcasts, that's all we needed, one sentence. Right, so if you've got that one sentence, you're you're golden. Now, if you don't feel like you quite have that, then you have to do a little bit more massaging and and tell an interesting story. You know, maybe you've overcome something, uh, maybe you've built a unique business or you have a unique niche or something like that. So those are the, the places that I would look for that. But you definitely need some sort of a story hook. Hopefully, that boils down to one very powerful sentence or two of what you can share that grabs the host's attention and gets them to say yes that's the ideal uh, and then beyond that in terms of uh, call to action because you asked about that and that's a really good one if you really want to see the practical like measurable effect of being interviewed on podcasts to me it's about getting people into your email list can you get them from the podcast into your email list so um, like for, for example I gave the call to action earlier right so I didn't give something that had a bunch of hyphens in it uh, it didn't have a bunch of unique characters. There's no dashes. There's no anything, right? It's just my website slash something. So giving out something that's uh, very clear, but also very uh, verbally easy to write down and easy to remember is really key because like you mentioned, like people are listening. They're not sitting in front of their computer necessarily watching us ready to jump on and click on a link. Mm-hmm. So it has to be something that, that's very verbal. It has to make sense to the ear and then it has to be relatively memorable so that they can go, Ooh, I need to go. And then they can write it down or something like that. Um, and just a way for them to get into your world and get into your email list. And then if you've got maybe a, to me, I like to do like primary and secondary calls to action. So you have just like, Hey, here's how to buy from me, right? If you're a coach or consultant, here's how to hire me. But if you're not ready to do that, here's the other option. Here's how to get into my email list and just give them two options of how to interact with you. That way, um, you know like if somebody really resonates with you they don't have to jump through hoops to 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 essentially write you a check like tell people where they can go to to work with you
0: that makes sense yeah. so with both of these whether you are the guest or whether you are the host social mm-hmm. media plays a big part of this of making sure yeah. that the podcast experience is successful can you share a little bit of insight on that
1: yeah, so the social media, to me, if you're interviewed consistently, that can, that can generate all, uh, essentially most or all of your social media content and, and really remove that, that sense of waking up in the morning and going, man, what am I going to post today? I hate that feeling, right? So the, so the best thing about me being interviewed consistently is not only just that I, I, I hear from the host that, hey, your podcast is live and I can share the podcast and that's well and good. But it also reminds me of interesting conversations I've had and interesting questions that I was asked where I can also piggyback on that and it gives me ideas for other types of things to post on social media. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had a great uh, fellow agency owner on my podcast here a couple months ago and she just said something really interesting. It's like, you know, I say no to grow. That's really interesting. So when her podcast came out, uh, I just went to Facebook and said, uh, you know, hey, like i I have a podcast conversation coming out today. Tell me what's the one thing you need to say no to today. String after like a whole string of comments from people. Um, and it just, and it wasn't anything groundbreaking wasn't huge, but her podcast episode coming out is what reminded me of that interesting thing that we talked about. And I was able to piggyback off that and create social media content for it, even though it wasn't just me sharing the episode. Okay. And so it, it just, it, it just, it solves both of those problems just in terms of having something to post but also just remind you of interesting things that you've talked about with people that you can then piggyback off of and create other types of content.
0: Okay. And then also there's the aspect of if you are on someone else's podcast or if they are on yours, having them socially share.
1: Oh yeah. So so we solve that problem internally with our agency because our staff reaches out to every guest and just says, hey, here's the graphics, here's the promo links. Uh, you know, we'd appreciate it if you share it. So we just make it as easy as possible. We give them links and graphics. And if you're running your own show, just do the same thing. And the way that I do it <clears throat> back in the old days when I was doing this myself is you know, in Gmail, they have the canned responses. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote up like the ultimate, you know, your podcast is live email and right. saved it as a canned response right? So now with my own podcast, uh, if you, because I'm going to invite you to come on my show, because I want to talk about your agency, but let's say we record the episode and it comes out, right? You're going to get an email from me a few weeks later when your episode comes out from my Gmail. The thing is, is that I'm no longer writing those. My staff is writing those. They attach the graphics, they attach the links and they send it from my Gmail account because I gave them access and they use the canned response. So that's a little like time-saving. I'm always looking for little fun hacks like that to where, it, it furthers the relationship. It does what I want it to do, but I don't have to do it because it's really not high value work. It's something that's 12 to $15 an hour work.
0: Right. Something that you can easily outsource.
1: Yeah. But you've got to, yeah, if you're hosting a podcast, you've got to make it easy for guests to share. So graphics and links to their show on iTunes and links to um, uh, the episode on your website. Make sure that they they at least equip them. You're not going to be able to solve the problem if they just don't share it because they're too busy that's one of the reasons why I want to, you know, one of the changes that I want to make in the world is that every influencer should have like this new media person. And that's their job is to pitch them on podcast, produce, you know, get get guests on their own podcast, post content to social media. Right. Cause right now, it's, you know, it's like hit or miss on whether people actually share their episodes. But if they had somebody in house that that was part of their job description, it would get done. Right. And that's, that's kind of the next change that needs to happen is we all need like a dedicated new media person on our team that that is their job It's just they do nothing but new media. So when that change happens, I think that will we'll see a big shift where uh, more episodes are being shared and, uh, and we get more traction.
0: Right. Otherwise, as an agency owner or a business coach or entrepreneur, it's awfully hard to find those extra hours sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It just feels like one more thing to do and it just doesn't get done. You're like, oh, I had a podcast episode come out now I've got 17 other things I need to do in the next five minutes yeah
0: right right and now look I did all those podcast episodes and I forgot to email the guests no one socially shared and you've just lost some of your magic sauce
1: yes exactly and you lost some of the relationship juice and that's what really like if you're interviewing people I mean these are all people I want to be in relationship with they're they're cool people they're people I want to hang out with I mean I just hung out uh this weekend with one of my first podcast guests uh because she was in town in San Diego for an event we hung out for a few hours like these are people I want to be friends with uh Yeah. yeah so I don't want to interview them and then not have let them know when their episode goes out
0: yeah so jumping back to a comment you made earlier and because you know inquiring minds like me want to know and i bet our listeners do too okay you mentioned that smaller podcasts could make lots of money yes you, <laughs> you know, everyone's like really i can make money at something okay how do i do that
1: yeah well here's the deal so uh I would not say I'm great at monetizing a podcast for the masses. Uh, To me, the more focus that you get, and, and this applies not only to the podcast, but just to the business behind the podcast, I don't take on a client that doesn't have a clear business behind the show where there's a very straight line from listeners hearing them and giving them a check, right? And some of the most successful examples I can point you to. Uh, would be like one of my very first clients, he was already like running like a workshop where people would pay three grand to come into his office, tour his office, and they would walk away with all of his systems and intellectual property. Very, very clear, like crystal clear what they're getting. So we started to put him on other podcasts and then we launched his show and he would just have people literally go onto his website put their credit card in for $3,000, get on a plane and go to Omaha, Nebraska of all places and show up at his office. They've never had a conversation with anyone. They didn't go through any sales teams. They didn't have to have a phone call of any kind. They didn't go through a webinar, nothing. They heard him on the podcast. They went to a page, they paid $3,000 and they showed up in another city halfway across the country. Uh, That doesn't happen without like the trust being built up regularly, but also doesn't happen without having a super high, something super, super valuable. Very, very clear that appeals to only a very small niche audience, which is why we were able to ramp that up into a six-figure income stream. And then off the back of that, he built a successful group coaching program that is also like a multi-six-figure income stream now. And it all came from the podcast, but it all came from the focus of the business behind the podcast. The more narrowly focused and the higher value it was to the cream of the crop of an industry, the easier it was to monetize the podcast. That was a big revelation to me, right? Because my first show was not super niche. I mean, it was in real estate, but it was for the, it was for the masses of that industry. And so we'd, we've tried a bunch of stuff to monetize. We have a team of 50 real estate agents across the country that are technically underneath us and blah, blah, blah. It's fine. Um, it, it was not as easy to monetize. I did a better job of monetizing that podcast that I mentioned with the, with the coaching and the events than I did of my own show because he had the better business behind the podcast. And to me, that's the biggest thing that people need to understand about podcasting. It's not about the podcast. It's about the business behind the podcast. If that is narrowly focused and it's a very clear straight line to people writing you a high dollar check, you'll have no problem monetizing your show. Anything less than that. And you have to count on the show getting popular and you just, there's no control of that. It might happen and it might not. Great.
0: And the trick here with Mr. Omaha was that he actually had something that was super packaged and turnkey that he could Mm -hmm. sell as not necessarily a long form service not necessarily yeah. a um, here in a year you're going to work with me and this is going to be the end result. It was literally something turnkey that required action for someone to go do mm-hmm. something. But you literally said they came in, they did whatever on site, they walked mm-hmm. away and that was it.
1: Yeah, that does help. Yeah, having, having something that's very clear where they get a super high value in a short amount of time. Uh, absolutely. That helps a lot. Because then, yeah, that builds the trust. And then he was able to sell something that was longer term yep. off of the back of that once the relationships were already built. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and he had all the credibility in the world. Yeah. So that that's one of the things that like when I have a new client come on board nowadays, one of the very first questions that I kind of lead them through is to think about like, hey, if you divide your category up into the many and the few, mm-hmm. who do you want to speak to? Right. Are you like, so if I, if I. If I listen to a prospect come in and they're thinking about podcasting and they're taught and they're talking about how people need to take action, for example, well, if you're talking, if you're motivating people to take action, you are automatically talking to the non-action takers. Right. So getting people to really think deeply about who they're speaking to. Is really important to me because I, I want to work with the people that have something to sell and something to say to the people who are the few of their industry because to me that's a much easier direct path to monetizing a show. Right. And the same thing goes if you're a guest, by the way, too. So all this applies. Doesn't matter if you're a podcast host; it's just being an influencer, right? And and like monetizing your influence.
0: Any other ways to monetize? Are there sponsorship opportunities? Are there ways to? There
1: are. Um, yeah, there's sponsorship opportunities. Um, so I, I, have a sponsor for my main podcast right now. And, uh, the reason that they pulled the trigger on it, number one is relationship. So as always, like relationships trump everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to be able to influence people to take action. And the more focused you are and the more, the, the narrower the audience that you have, the more likely they are to be the action takers. Because right. That's really what determines whether sponsorships will stay on with you. Cause the, you'll get a lot like people, um, We'll get a lot of like dabblers. They'll, they'll dabble with sponsoring with you. But the problem is you want the long-term relationships. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if you've dabbled much in it, but we've dabbled with sponsorships with my podcast just enough to know that it's a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. To like, you know, custom custom introductions, custom mid-roll commercials, you know, inserting all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's doable, but it is a pain. And so if you're going to go through the pain, the reward better be worth it. And I don't want to have a sponsor that, that rotates every month or every two months I want a long-term relationship with a sponsor that gets long-term value out of the relationship in order to do that we have to be able to like drive people to take action they have to be able to actually track back results to us. And so you have more, yeah
0: And you have to also even more so make sure you have those helpers in place on your team. To help manage something along those lines.
1: Yeah. In fact, one of my clients just stopped doing uh, like, she had like a rotating, like a company that would hook up sponsorships for her, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's what they were like. They were, they were consumer packaged goods companies that would come and sponsor her podcast for like two months. And then they'd have like different promo codes and all this stuff. It was so much work, even with us helping her produce her podcast, just the work that they expected her to do in terms of recording custom commercials was enough that she basically gave up, I think it was like two grand a month in income. She said, it's not worth it. I saw one of my group coaching program and that offsets that. So the opportunity cost of sponsorships is interesting because you always have to take into account if you're the expert, if you're the influencer, if you're the micro-famous one, mm-hmm. every second you spend promoting something that's a sponsor is a second you're not promoting your own thing. And if you have something high-dollar and highly valuable to sell, you're probably better off served promoting that than somebody's uh, sponsorship deal.
0: That's a great, great advice for everyone listening here today. Thank you. So is there any other last words of advice, since on that one, that you'd like to share with people? Um,
1: yeah, I think, you know, I recorded an episode the other day of my podcast and I've been thinking a lot about like how podcasts grow, you know, and just how influence grows Mm -hmm. and the, the thing that I'm really coming to like to real clarity on is just how important it is to have a very clear and compelling idea behind what you do. And one of my clients brought this up the other day because uh, about half of all the, all the guests that he has on his show are turning into sales opportunities for his agency. And I said, okay, well, how, how does that work? So basically, when I have the pre-interview conversation with them, he says, I just tell them like, hey, this is the mission of the show and this is what we do. We help X, Y, and Z people do this. So what happens is they hear that and they go, oh my God, really? Seriously? That's what you do? Okay, we need to talk after the podcast. When so so if you're running a show or you're being a guest on a show and you're not getting that reaction from people that tells you you don't have a clear and compelling idea and it needs to be razor sharpened and polished up in until you get to the point where you get that reaction from the people that you want to work with. Right. So Stacy, if, if I was talking to you and you hadn't started your podcast yet and you hadn't built a team that produced it, and you came across me and I said, I help agency owners start and launch podcasts where they don't have to do anything. We do all of it for them. Like most likely that would have got the oh my God, we need to talk about this <laughs> reaction. Right. So so you're exactly my type of person. We just met at the wrong time. But if we met at the right time, you were exactly the right kind of person that my clear and compelling idea would have caught you off guard and we probably would have had a sales conversation. That's the ideal that you're going for is keep sharpening that idea to the point where when you talk to your ideal clients or your ideal audience, they go, holy cow, like I need to, I need to learn more about that.
0: Yep. Ideally, a hundred percent. In this case, you know, I will have other people that I will recommend you to. Yeah. So it still has that effect.
1: It does. Yeah. Relationships are everything, you know? Yeah.
0: And it works in reverse too, because I have found myself in several instances now where I have interviewed a guest and then had an offline with them afterwards and hired them in order Seriously? to help somebody with my agency. I'm like, hmm, but this is the reverse of monetization.
1: Yes, it's funny because I, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I might end up hiring somebody to get involved in my agency as a project manager who bought my podcast pitch assistant course. So, yeah, you never like weird things happen when you want yes. to get into uh, the podcasting world. It's, it's uh, the relationship part is probably the most fun for me. Uh, it's, it's why like strategic introductions are one of the key metrics I track just for my own personal, like activity in the business. Like what, what do I bring to the business? And I track the number of strategic introductions I make because the relationships of just that to me, that's, that's the lifeblood of my business.
0: Well, also having a podcast conversation, whether it's a 20 minute podcast or a 40 minute podcast, however long it is, you're not having that same opportunity. If you're at a networking event You're saying hi, how are you? Five minutes of chat. You're really kind of feeling each other up about what the other can give to you versus what you can give to them, right?
1: Yeah, you're trying to like size them up.
0: Yeah, and it's like you know, how can you take their money? And you're both trying to do that on both (laughs) sides of the street, right? Or you're in the world of emails, and you know the conversation is just not in depth enough. You don't truly get. There's
1: no real personal
0: right? And -hmm. that's what podcast guests actually do for you because you don't know where those relationships are going to lead. And you do end up having these connections that are much deeper and more real. And, you know, what I was saying earlier, where I get so energized from the guests that we have on, Mm -hmm. you're connecting with people who are at the top of their game in their business. Yes. And that is nice to cut through all of that and find that and find people who are on a growth pattern because you both are going to balance each other and help each other in that way.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and with podcasts, you get to cut right to talking about something that they're super passionate about, which is always when people enjoy themselves the most. So yeah, I, I couldn't have said that better myself. I've said those same types of things because I've noticed all the same things. Um, and for anyone on the outside looking in, it's hard to know. What it feels like until you experience it, and the best way to experience it is go go start being a guest, and and you'll see what we're talking about. The the relationships that you build, the connections that you build, are so incredible. I I could not, I could not estimate. I mean, it's literally podcasting has changed my life, and it's the relationships that came from podcasting that changed my life.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So Matt, how can people get a hold of you?
1: Yes. Uh, Easiest way. So for the podcast production service, if you're a coach, consultant, or an agency owner who serves that market, just go to pursuingresults.com for information on the agency that we run that produces podcasts. And then if you want to be a guest on podcasts, go to com slash training. And that's where we teach you exactly how to get on the right podcast and how to get ideal clients flocking to you. So.
0: That is awesome. Thank you, Matt, so much for being on today. I really enjoyed it and I had a blast chatting with you. (laughs) Um, And then until next time, and we chat again. Sounds good. Okay. Have a great day. You too. And we're out. Cool. So that was great. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. I had a blast. Seriously, I actually did have a blast. That was really good. It's, uh, I, I loved the, like the feel, the flow of it was great. Super conversational. Yeah. It was back and forth. It wasn't just you like setting me up with softball questions. Mm-hmm. We actually got into some really fun, like in-depth stuff yeah. and you shared your opinion. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Somebody asked, like one of my clients the other day asked me like, Hey, how do I make sure that like the interviews that I'm having are conveying my point of view? Mm-hmm. And you did exactly the right thing. Like you just well, you conveyed you. like your point of view on things. You didn't hold back. You didn't just shine so much of the spotlight on me that you fade into the background. Um, so you did just a really fantastic job.
0: Well, thank you. You also are a good guest and are able to do that because I've had guests before where it's like a runaway train and they don't ever stop. Oh, I hate that. They I, just I, don't ever,
1: I feel like I'm being that way sometimes. And I, so I'm like overly conscious. I know I can get a little wordy. Um, but yeah, I hate those guests. They're terrible. You just yeah, feel like I, you're being taken.
0: Well, I, and I don't think I, I don't think I feel like I'm being taken. I just feel like it's that one way conversation. You don't have that ebb and flow. That is that energy exchange that does actually bring listeners to enjoy what they're listening to. Awesome. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like the like they may come out and be a big fan of the guest. Like, yeah. Great,
0: awesome yeah <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's yeah. like that yeah, the runaway yeah. freight train is a funny thing it's never it's never fun. I've had a just a couple of those on on the UX podcast, yeah. uh like in the agency world, right, and it's yeah, just I basically like I think I think one guy legitimately talks for forty five minutes straight. He, I didn't get a word in for forty five and
0: you're like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah yeah, it was like a <laughs> webinar. I'm like, what did you think this was? like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah. anyway. I've had that. It's interesting, but you're a great guest. So thank you so much. And so we will be sharing podcast links. We also will turn this into a blog after a week afterwards and share it out through our e-newsletter. And we'll share you the sharing of the socials. (laughs) We'll do all of those things that will get you so that you can share away and socialize this. And that would be awesome. Uh,
1: A question for you. Who can I introduce you to? Who do you want to meet? Who do you want to have on the podcast? Any like a a profile person?
0: Yeah. Anyone who is top of their game, someone who is in marketing, um, or, and when I say in marketing, it could be on the agency side. It could be on the brand side as well. Okay. So I had a conversation, um, earlier today, you know, we chatted about, um, one of my runaway freight trains actually about how to work as an, uh, as a brand owner with agencies better. Right. So okay. really what I'm trying to do is tips and tools for brands and agencies on how to work this entire world of marketing in a better way. So whether that is, I've had lawyers on to talk about the uh, laws in regards to influencer marketing. Yeah. I've had an FTC regulations. I've had um, a lot of agency owners who talk about everything from social media to inbound to podcasting to branded content creation to other people who specialize in influencer marketing. Cause I am not shy. I'm certainly not the only person who specializes in this love talking to people who specialize in influencer marketing. Um, so okay. really anyone who is within an agency role on that side, who could help bestow guidance and insight to a brand or brand manager. Okay. And how uh, to
1: make. So let me run how, one by you, real quick.
0: Uh-huh. How to market uh, better.
1: How to market better. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, so that, remember that client I mentioned that stopped doing her sponsors on her podcast mm-hmm. because of what it was like to work with the sponsor? So she is the influencer, right? Okay. So would that be an interesting conversation? I mean, she runs a successful brand and she's speaking at social yeah. media marketing. I love blah, blah, talking blah, with
0: yeah. individual influencers, how they like yeah. working with agencies, how they like working with brands. What could a someone do to actually mess up working on an influencer relationship from that side point? Yeah. 100%.
1: Okay. So she'd be yeah. good. So her name is Dana. Okay. Um, so she runs a brand called Boss Mom. Okay. Be awesome. Um, and then do you know Rich Brooks, uh, agents of change? He runs uh, they a, don't. up in Maine. Um, so he's a fellow agency owner, so he might be good. He runs a good uh good podcast and then a good event. Um and I'm sure some other people will come to mind. Yeah. Uh, actually the gal that uh, Stephen Westman sent to me might also be good. She is a uh she is a coach and does a lot of work with, uh, with bigger brands like Microsoft.
0: Yeah. All of that is great. Okay. Um,
1: let me do, um okay. So let me put some feelers out and make perfect. sure that they're okay with the introductions. If they all sound good to you. So you might see those come out over the course of the week or so, but, um, great. yeah, I love the, uh, love the opportunity to add value and you being a podcast host is the easiest introduction in the world. So you know how that yeah, goes.
0: I do. So it's awesome. I appreciate awesome.
1: that. Daisy, it was a pleasure.
0: You too. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Good luck playing the drums.
1: Uh, finding you. the
0: time. <laughs> we'll try. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.